0: with the sick for not for the for pain. do not Put some respect on my name. the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on a writer and ghost writer, and this is the one and only Joshua Lysak. Welcome to the show, man.
1: Thanks, Zuby. Glad to be here with you today.
0: Awesome, man. Joshua, I've done a very brief intro there, but for people who are not familiar with you and your work, please tell them a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes, yes. So as we said, I'm a a ghostwriter. I have ghostwritten more than 80 books, the vast majority of which have been nonfiction, full-length nonfiction for entrepreneurs, for experts, for people who want to uh, assert the authority that they have already earned inside of their industry. Some have been bestsellers and award winners, uh, and others have sold a, a thousand copies. But half of those were to their sales qualified leads and they used that to build multi-million dollar businesses so it's a little bit of this a little bit of that in my world
0: I hear that man how, how did you get into the
1: world of writing and perhaps ghostwriting in particular completely by accident my Goal as a youngster was to be a novelist one day. I was inspired by all of the great Western fantasy epics. And so when I was uh, 19 years old, 20 years old, I got a two book publishing deal for novels that I had written. And then something interesting happened. I'm signing copies, I'm doing local events, and two people, independent of one another, asked me the same question. They said, Joshua, I really like your book. Can you help me with mine? It's a memoir, like it's my life story, but I want it to read like fiction. And I said, okay, fine, sure. I'll help you with your book. And I've been saying, okay, fine, sure, uh, ever since.
0: That's so interesting, man. So how long have you been doing it for now then?
1: Just over 12 years.
0: Okay. And um, I'm curious about ghostwriting. I have um, I have mixed feelings on it because I don't, I don't think I'd ever use a ghostwriter. Um, being a creative myself and wanting to be the one who puts the words down on the paper. Um, but what, what's the main reason why, what are the main reasons why people use ghost writing? Cause I, I think it's a bit of a, I actually think it's a, it's a little bit of a controversial subject because certainly in the world of music, for example, I mean, there's artists who everyone knows they don't write their own songs and that's like fine. But say in the world of hip hop and rap, if someone isn't writing their own lyrics, then that's like a. That's like a massive faux pas. That's like a that's like a no, no, you can't do that. like as a rapper, you have to you have to write your own stuff. So I'm curious with other forms of writing and artistic mediums, what the sort of views and attitudes are on that how how first of all, first of all, maybe how prominent is ghostwriting in the world of writing and publishing?
1: in here between eighty five and ninety three percent of bestselling books are ghost written, both fiction,
0: wow, and Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> No way. Wait, you just said 90, 90% are ghost written. That's right. So so that means that the person who actually wrote the book is not the author's name you see on the book. That's right. Okay. I think you just blew a lot of minds,
1: including mine. And that's for non, that's for fiction as well. Not just nonfiction. That's right. Fiction and nonfiction. Fiction by bestselling authors tends to have a small group of authors, or, or rather ghostwriters. If you've ever seen authors who are somehow able to release one or two new books every quarter, these are the ones that are perpetually at the top of the bestseller lists. Those are the most notable examples of authors who have a small team of ghostwriters who are on working on various chapters so that they can quickly turn the author's outline and gist for the plot into the first, second, revised, third, and final draft. Nonfiction is usually just one a ghostwriter that's collaborating with the author, sometimes with the publishing house's editor, or if it's independent, it's just the author themselves. There's not as much controversy in the literary world as in music. I think it's because it's so widely known that if you are a famous author, you obviously had a ghostwriter.
0: There was a. You know what? I don't think that's known by the general population. I don't think that's known by the general population. I didn't know that, and yeah, I'm. it's not. Clear. It's not. It's controversial. I would have thought maybe you know when you said ninety percent. Well, number one, where's that ninety percent from? Is that is that like where's that st- statistic uh, come from?
1: That's what we have had perpetually in the publishing industry when I mean, if you if you look up how many books are ghost written you're going to find 80 anywhere from 85 to 93 it's so well known it's like uh is gravity real at this point like well interesting yeah it's just depending on which theory and explanation uh it's kind of similar it's similar in the literary world it's so much so that authors will mention their ghostwriter and the acknowledgements or sometimes as their coach, or as their editor, or they'll have their name with, in small font on the book cover, their ghostwriter. And the reason so many authors, the prominent authors, and future prominent authors use a ghostwriter, is not for lack of talent. Because so often, many of these authors who are bestsellers are people who are accomplished writers themselves, be it long form or short form. The issue is time it takes a long time to write a book time that they don't have. And so it's much faster to spend a few hours with the ghostwriter telling them, okay, here are the specific stories I want to include. Do the rest of the research yourself, put something together and I'll have a look at each chapter draft and make sure it's, it's good enough. So my authors will spend anywhere from one to two hours a week tops on their book project, whereas they're doing it themselves. It would be one to two hours every morning and probably every night as well.
0: Wow. Okay. I have a lot of questions. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> what is the purpose of the author then? I mean, if 90% of books are written by someone other than the author, I mean, number one, why don't, why don't those ghostwriters become the published author whose name is on the book? Um, and two, what is the purpose of the author? I mean, it sounds like they're more, perhaps more like an executive director or executive producer rather than an author if they're not the ones doing the actual writing. So I'm I'm curious about that.
1: The executive director, executive producer analogy works well. The reason why the author's name is on the cover and it's in as their book is because it's their beliefs, their stories, their their opinions, their experiences, their message for uh, the world. It's, It's an analogy that I've heard used by my own clients is, I don't do my own taxes. I don't draw up my own contracts. Why would I write my own book?
0: Because you're supposed to be
1: professional for the same reason. You,
0: well, I'd, I'd massively, I think that's, I think that's silly. Cause I think if you're an author, like just like if you're a musician and you don't play the music or you don't write, like if you're, if you're, it, I think it's different in the world of, in the creative world to me, you know, someone could say, this is me being, um, me being precious, but I don't think so. I think in the, I think in the creative world, if I say that I'm a painter. If I, if I hire a painter to go and paint something and then I stick my signature in the corner, but I didn't actually paint it, then I'm not a painter. I think if you don't
1: write books,
0: you're not an, you're not an author.
1: The stories, ideas, experiences, and opinions reflect those of the author rather than of the ghostwriter. So on any given day, I'm writing for people who I fundamentally disagree with on many issues, be it be it religion or politics or any other issue. But the mm-hmm. point of hiring a ghostwriter is someone who wants to write a book who hasn't written a book before. It would be the same learning curve as if they said, "Okay, I'm going to now figure out how to do all of my own taxes or how I'm going to figure out how to draw up professional contract." Well, it's it's my contract. Yeah. You know, it's my name. But those people
0: on it. But those people don't call themselves accountants, do they?
1: But it is their taxes. It is their contracts yeah. that they're. Selling. I have an they accountant, but I
0: wouldn't. If I if I go and I tell people I'm an accountant, but I don't do my own accounts, and I've hired an accountant to do my accounts, um, or if I say that I'm a rapper, and someone else is writing and rapping my songs, and then I'm sticking my name on it, I mean I'm not I'm not a rapper at that point, am I?
1: It could be a difference in industries. Uh, I I have seen when a musician when it comes out that they're accused of having a ghostwriter, you'll often find that that word is used, accused, meaning that there is, as you said earlier, a professional faux pas or there is some sort of a scandal that breaks out around that person. They have to deny it. There's Mm -hmm. no such similar issue in books and in writing. With the with the limited situation being with literary works like novels, like oh, this is my novel. This is a book that I literally wrote all by myself. You'll find some uh, celebrities will say, and those of us in the know go, mm-hmm, "Sure, sure, you did. You literally wrote every single word yourself." So who do you use the the, the chick over on Long Island? And then, of course, we all know, yeah, yeah, that's that, that is. Especially with nonfiction books, the Feedback that I get from authors who want to come out and say, hey, Joshua Lysak wrote my book. It's going to sell more copies. So they're going to do a YouTube interview with me. They will often tag me on social media. Uh, I'll even come on their podcast and talk about the story behind the book. But the idea is that the same reason you use, you might use an editor or you use a copy editor, you might use a proofreader, think of it as an editor, copy editor, or proofreader for the ideas themselves? What's the best way to communicate something in a long-form way for someone who's never done that before? Maybe they've written successful blog posts or they've given interviews or they've written email newsletters. Well, what about for those people who they haven't written a book before and they want to make sure it's the best way they could have structured it, the best way they could have said it? And so in their minds, and that's why the analogy that they'll often use is, well, I have a I have a lawyer who draws up my contracts for me. And it's, it's me whose name and his letterhead is on the contract. They want it to be right, especially the bigger the audience they have, the higher the risk of getting it wrong, wasting time. And so the more important it is to delegate to a professional across your various domains, when it comes to managing your personal brand. So most people don't edit their own videos for example, the, the clients that I have, they don't edit their own podcasts. Uh, they, in many cases, don't even come up with the names of the episodes, uh, or even the questions asked. They, they're they're team, they delegate so so much. But there's th- some things that creative personalities just, they can't delegate. And that's okay. I'm not a ghostwriter for for everyone. There's people who want to write their stuff themselves. And, and that's okay. I don't draw up contracts for by lawyer clients, and they don't hire somebody else to draw out their own contracts. That's what they do, because that's their domain of expertise.
0: Yeah, it, it's an interesting perspective, man. Um, yeah, I don't think, uh, I mean, I think maybe in the literary world, it's well known that most books are ghostwritten. I do not think that is known amongst the general public at all. And I do think that if the general public <laughs> were, to found, were, were to find that out, I don't think people would actually be cool with it, funnily enough. I don't think it's a I think it might be an industry seat, like a, a well-known industry, not secret. Um, outside of that, I, don't, I genuinely don't think most people know that. I think if you were to poll people and ask them if they think like the author whose name is on the books that they read and that they love, if you if they believe that the author actually wrote it, I think most people would would say yes.
1: The little cues are that whoever a co-author might be or this person's name with someone you never heard. Yeah, of. Yeah. But you know.
0: most, most books don't have that. I know books that have that, right. I know
1: books yep. that have main
0: author, you know, with so-and-so, but the vast majority of books don't have that. It's just boom, this author.
1: Sure. Sure. You'll also find sometimes in the acknowledgements that that person's name. So I'm, I mentioned, thank you for my, I'm, I'm called out as my writing partner, my writing coach, my editor, oftentimes my ghost writer, I get, yeah. I get, I get that a lot because my own personal brand is such now that people know that if it's known, I'm associated with a book it's going to sell more copies. Cause it's, it's mm-hmm. a Joshua Lysak, uh book. And there's, there's a, a okay. unique, there's a unique aspect to, 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 to my work. And so people want to get copies of books I'm associated with, which can sometimes be awkward because I've done books on, let's say, semi-controversial topics like divorce law, honey, what's this divorce law book doing here? Why, why, why did you buy this? No, it's Joshua Lysak. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm planning to do at that point
0: <laughs> So I think you sort of answered this question before. So is the reason why most ghost writers don't just you know why the I, I'm trying to get my head around why the ghost writers aren't the authors and the authors are like whatever um, I, I assume it's because under the nature of ghost writing it means that it's not it's not inherently not your own personal ideas and stories that are going out there is that the reason why would that be the reason why the ghostwriters are not the known authors because by by definition i mean even in the term right a ghostwriter is someone who's in the background and their names typically you know your situation might be different but their name typically isn't popularly known they're not the ones getting the, the sort of primary credit and so on is that just because it's not it's not their ideas and vision that are coming through in the book is that my understanding and that's that correctly? right
1: that's right our our job is as structurers and refiners i think there there might be this idea that a ghostwriter is now I, I will say this that what i'm about to say is legitimate and it does happen i've done a couple of books like this so i can admit to this the author comes up with a creative brief i want to write a book that's about this topic they mentioned these stories which you can research on your own here's a couple of my stories Great. here's a couple of recordings go write a full-length industry standard general trade nonfiction book. And the author and the ghostwriter, if they have e- a conversation at all, is for a couple of hours. But the ghostwriter then goes and writes the book with their own ideas often injected, but, but making sure that they don't clash with what the author's personal brand or reputation is. And then the author slaps a name on the book. Those books are turned around relatively quickly. They tend to have a short shelf life. And they tend to correspond with current events, where mm-hmm. there's some celebrity who wants to sell 10, 15, 20, 30,000 books in a span of a few months on a mm-hmm. topic that has a short shelf life, meaning it's not going to be relevant the next election or after a particular controversy is out of the news. So you see that it does feel a little bit grifty to me. Yeah, that's Having what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just like
0: this,
1: <laughs> that's what I'm thinking with this whole
0: thing. I'm like, man, this is... <laughs> like this. This yes is, uh, this is sketchy to me
1: yes now i I want to give a, an example of one of my one of my clients so dr philip ovedia is a cardiologist stay off my operating table yeah i know him. is his book he has uh, probably 30 or 40 times mentioned in public that i was the ghostwriter for look mentions me at the acknowledgements as well and the reason why he's fine with that and there's no let's say accused of using a ghostwriter, let's say concerns around that is because they're his stories. So when before and after he was in the operating room, he'd sit down with me. Okay, Josh, I got to get on a plane for the next, you know, got a surgery coming up. So we have half an hour. I would meet with him weekly and I would ask him questions. So it was very much an interview or a Q&A sort of a format. I know it works for books in terms of structuring them, in terms of readers' expectations. And this is a critical component. The book is not for the author. The book is for the reader. And authors don't necessarily know what's the best way to order their ideas, structure their ideas, how long it should be, how do you transition from one point to the next? How do we make it a maximally persuasive book? Because 92% of book sales are attributable to word-of-mouth marketing, according to Nielsen. And so they want, authors want, their book to be as word-of-mouth marketable as possible. But if they've never done it before, if they don't have the expertise, it doesn't necessarily make sense to try to ascend that learning curve themselves. Instead, sit down with somebody who interviews you, get your stories, your ideas, your experiences, your beliefs, and packages them in such a way, documents them in such a way, refines them in such a way that the book is maximally word of mouth marketable. And I think Dr. Avadia has passed 40,000 copies sold now in a little bit less than two years. And he's very happy with the experience of the book because what it also is designed to do is to cultivate a deeper relationship with readers so that they will buy his master classes, his courses, his coaching, his consulting, one-on-one services, and so on. So the book is the beginning of a value ladder for the business. And that outcome, not only do I have a tangible demonstration of my credibility, a physical book that's good and the presentation is on point but it's the gateway to my entire information product and in services ecosystem what i just said in the last 30 seconds or so that does not appeal to most people but there is a slim minority of people that says i'll have what he's having and that's how i have a business
0: mm-hmm. dude, dude from the entrepreneurial perspective i get it 100 percent. i just don't think if you do that i think just think if you do that you're not an author by definition, you're not an author if you if you don't write like <laughs> if you don't write your book, you're, you're you're not an author. Definition of an author is a writer, you know, a writer of a book or an article or a document. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I get it. Like I'm am an entrepreneur as well as a creative person, so I can fully understand why I'd just be like, hey, yo, someone else write this book for me. I'm gonna be doing all my other stuff. Um, you're the writer, you know. I do all these other things as well. I'm I can write, but I do all these other things. Like I get it from the business perspective. I just. Um, yeah, as a, as a creative person, just like, I don't know, with an, with any other art form, I guess it depends on if you view a book like a, a business, you know, simply more like a, like a business product or service versus if you view it as a creative project. Um, like I said, you know, if I were making a painting mm-hmm. and or a drawing and someone else drew it for me, I just gave it to an artist, a ghost artist, and they drew the picture or painted the painting. And then I put my name on it. I'm like, well, I can't then say I'm a painter. I could say I I inspired it, or it's my vision, or it's my idea, or whatever. But if I don't actually do the brushstrokes, I'm I'm not a I'm not the painter or the artist. Does that make sense? Or do you have a different that That take does on that? that
1: does. It comes back to what the what the goals of the of the person are, and everyone yeah. is a little bit a little bit different. I have no qualms about calling Phil an author because they're his, they're his ideas. They're his stories that he, he related to me. Some people have even changed what they call a ghostwriter and they'll call that person. they like I said, their editor, their writing partner, their writing coach, or another word that's used now is scribe. For example, I believe several of the epistles of the apostle Paul, uh, they were known to have used a scribe, meaning that Paul was sharing the experiences the stories the the doctrines and whatnot and they were written down by someone else so the idea of having a a scribe or somebody who does the recording and the documenting and the structuring of the ideas there is precedent for that and i have no difficulty giving up the glory because i I'm an author myself of of my own books that have my my name on it. So I don't, I don't have a- I
0: hope you wrote those ones. Please please tell me, please tell me you wrote those ones. Oh, yes, I, I, yes, I I, I did. (laughs) I'm like, don't tell me the ghostwriter has a ghostwriter. Who has a (laughs) ghostwriter? Our podcast today is sponsored by The Wellness Company. Did you know that nearly 90% of pharmaceuticals in the US are produced overseas? That's an alarming statistic. If you don't have an emergency kit on hand, it's time to get prepared. The wellness company's medical emergency kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications that every single American should keep in stock. It comes with a 22-page instruction guide on safe medical use for everything from snake bites to COVID to bioterror events. Another stellar product from the wellness company is spike support. Whether you got vaxxed or not, the virus is still among us in some capacity, as well as the related spike protein. Spike protein can cause brain fog, tissue damage, blood clots, and more. Spike Support is a detoxification powerhouse that aims to strengthen the body's natural immunity and flush out spike protein, so you can get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Get both of these products by going to twc.health forward slash and get 15% off with the discount code Zuby. That's twc.health forward slash and use discount code Zuby to get 15% off. Disclosure, the medical emergency kit is only available to U.S. residents.
1: Yeah, ghostwriting. It's ghostwriters all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say that that is a practice that is known. If you go to Upwork or to Fiverr, there will often be projects that are posted on there from ghostwriting agencies. So an author gets a ghostwriter who gets a ghostwriter. <laughs> and it's and it's a thing. And each 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 uh, every adjacency you, weigh, you are away from the client, the less you get paid. Yeah. So the one the okay. one the furthest I've, I I I have witnessed personally is the author had a ghostwriter who had a ghostwriter who had a ghostwriter who got paid $600 to write a whole book. For the first ghostwriter who was actually doing it for the ghostwriting agency who had a ghostwriter's name attached to it. So the client thought that they were paying oodles of cash to the ghostwriting agency to this founder of the agency, but it was nope, it was someone that they never heard of that was a uh, multiple Upwork projects away. It can man. get pretty grifty really quick. Yeah, so I, know.
0: <laughs> I don't like it, man. I don't like that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but any, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat disturbed by this. I don't get disturbed by things easily, and I'm like, man, I, I didn't. I mean, I know certain things happen. Um, and and again, I think it's degrees, right? I think there's like yeah. degrees of, of sort of honesty. I, I think. Do you know what I think it is with me? As I, I think it's about the. I think the honesty and transparency. Is, transparency is important, right? It's maybe, maybe this is how I how I think of it. This is not. This is an imperfect analogy. Um, there are lots of there are lots of guys out there. There's bodybuilders, athletes, mm-hmm. model, fitness models, whatever, actors. You know who who use who use performance enhancing drugs, yeah. right? And you've got the ones who um, they use it, and either they just say they use it or they're just quiet about it and you implicitly know okay yeah obviously that guy is on something cuz he's so you know gigantic and ripped and whatever and you can't get to that level without it but then you have guys who are <laughs> using performance enhancing drugs but then they're selling you they're selling their supplement you know saying this is how they got their results or they're outright denying it and they're lying about it publicly or they're cheating in their competitions you know they're getting around the testing or they're so to me like ethically those aren't the same right like i i don't use i don't use those drugs I'm, I'm not a steroid user and i never have but the people in the former category i'm like i don't really have a problem with that because they're they're honest about it right it's just like okay they're not they're not using their physique to grift and sell something based off you know, based off their physique, as if they acquired it naturally or misleading people or whatever. But then in the second category there are. So I'm, I am I, I, think I kind of feel the same with this. Whereas if someone is like, look, here's my book. Um, I had a scribe or I had a ghostwriter or I had a, you know, someone else is involved. Or even if it's on the title of the book, it's got their name and it's got, you know, with Joshua Lysak or with whoever did it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, that's transparent, right? Like you get, you get what it is. Um, they're clear about it. I do think that there's something ethically I have an issue with with someone just having their name on something and calling themselves an author and saying they wrote a book. Meanwhile, they didn't actually write any of it <laughs> or you know, it, it's even different to okay, they wrote they wrote a whole first draft and then they gave it to an editor who moved stuff around and tweaked it and made it better and so on. And they're involved in that process. even that is very different to just like, okay, I just want this book written. I've got this idea. And then I just go and I pay a bunch of people. And then six months later, three months later, whatever it is, cool. I've got this thing. And hey, my face is on the cover and my name and none of their names and all this. Like that seems really scammy to me because yeah. I don't think you're being honest with the audience there.
1: Yes, I I, I believe you've hit the key, which is the, the transparency and the authenticity. The sort of clients that I attract are are people who want it known I was associated with the book. Hey, here's my ghost friend, Joshua Lysik. I get that versus the sorts of people who, okay, I need you to sign a confidentiality and non-disclosure agreement. Those people tend to be a-holes in my experience, because that's how their entire personal brand is designed. The rejection of authenticity, the opacity around their services, around their expertise, their experiences, and they are going for, or rather they're optimizing for revenue, over results, I mean, results in terms of their own professional accomplishments, helping their clientele get results. So there's a the sort of people who are concerned about reputation management, making sure negative reviews don't show up online and they mm-hmm. intimidate competitors and, and these sorts of things, sending out letters from lawyers, you see, these these sorts of tactics. And they are terrible clients. They don't pay very well. And so they're, they're uh, red flags of their own design these sorts of people, and 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 they are absolutely grifty for sure. What you describe there with someone who has a first draft or a rough draft, I do get that a lot. Where somebody says, "Hey, I started this book. I've got something. It's kind of rough. Needs some help," or it's really well done. So people know that I work with Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert comic strip. Yeah. When he came to me, he he had drafts that some people refer to it as. Joshua, can you lysicize this for me? Meaning restructuring and, and refining. When I'm interviewing an author, I see it as a similar process. Whether you give me a first draft as an interview transcript of me having a conversation with you, you're giving me something. You're not disappearing for six months and say, give me a book I could put my face on. Those 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 sort of authors are unsatisfying and unrewarding in in more ways than than, uh, than one. Although I have I have been part of that before, you know. I think the maybe the useful metaphor for music is the artist or the musician when they record their their art. Is there not some an editor somebody who? changes things who makes adjustments to the original audio track versus okay we're just going to push this to the cd exactly how it was, uh, exactly as it was recorded or is there an editing process involved between the artist recording it and then the public hearing it
0: yeah i mean there is obviously there is editing and mixing when you're recording yeah. music um my, my thing is but you're well, you're recording the music right like if someone else is recording like if someone else is going in the studio and singing or rapping and then you're putting your name and saying hey this is my song you like you weren't even like you didn't even rap it you didn't even sing it then i'm like that's scammy like that's a scam if exactly. like everyone expects editing and mixing no one's expecting it to be like completely raw like just like no no one would get mad at someone who writes any writer or journalist or author everyone knows everyone has an ed- editor right something doesn't just yeah. go into the newspaper and just boom but it's like but that person did the person whose name on the article you know they wrote it so they can say they're the writer um i just don't think you can say you're a writer or an author if you literally did not write the book i think that's a lie i think that's a lie um if i just hired someone like right off the bat and just they went off and did you know did that process you described right Hugh? here's here's a here's an overview you go out and write the book. I think you know you're working with Scott Adams. Like it's it's different. Everyone knows Scott is a writer. Scott can write. Like he's a, he's a creative person. Whatever, um, and he's transparent. Saying like, cool. I worked with I worked with Joshua Lysick on this book. Um, but that's a that's a collaboration. That's like that's that's understood. I think if it's just like okay, you hire that person and they do the whole thing top to bottom. Yeah, maybe it's your ideas, but they they build the whole thing. I just at that point, I just don't think you're a writer. You might be an entrepreneur. Sure, you can be. An, you're an entrepreneur you're uh maybe there's some other visionary there can be some other word for it but i'd just be like if you cannot write and you do not write you're by definition not a writer you're not an author if you don't rap you're not a rapper if you don't sing you're not a singer if you don't um if you don't do the accounts you're not an accountant there's nothing wrong with hiring an accountant but i would never say i'm an accountant if someone else is doing my accounting in texas then because i'm i'm not the accountant you see what i mean so i i think there are that that's where that's how i see it i think that's how most people would see it as well um, i'd be curious to know what the general i'm actually very curious to know like how aware the general population is on how the sort of writing and authorship world works i do think most people's minds would be blown if they found out that 90% of books were ghostwritten i do not think that is well known at all
1: yeah yeah the metaphor that I return to that so many of my clients use is, and I mentioned before and and it didn't resonate with you, and that's that's okay, is this idea, well, these are my taxes. I hired a professional so that it's right. And oftentimes a tax preparer's name is under there. And because taxes technically are a business expense and a ghostwriter is a business expense, they often think of it in that way. Oh, it's my book. It's my taxes. It's my contracts. I hire Mm -hmm. professionals to draw them up for me. Of course, the accountant doesn't go and make up numbers or that's a problem. The lawyer doesn't include useless clauses, unnecessary clauses in the contract. And the ghostwriter, presumably, doesn't make stuff up and then put it in the book. Although that has been a problem in in the past with these sort of I, I would be okay calling them rather than ghost writers, you could call them ghost grifters, I think that would be funny, or grift writers, I think that would also be funny, <laughs> where they go and make stuff up. And they put it in the book. And then when the author gives an interview, it's obvious they didn't even read their own book. Oh my but you gosh. tend to see that with the personal brands, who are deeply concerned about their online reputation. Yeah, and reputation in the media, where they pay the five figure a month retainer public relations and crisis PR firms. Uh, and they have, a, they have lawyers sending out letters over every little thing. Those are the yeah. people who are terrified of it coming out they had a ghostwriter because they have had opacity and inauthenticity as part mm-hmm. of their brand for so long. If that comes out, well, then the other thing comes out. The other thing comes out and they are then exposed as a uh, as a grifter versus someone who has been, let's say, transparent and has, has shared it openly for so long. You know, I, I think of authors that some people in your audience might know of. Marketers, be they marketers or entrepreneurs, Gary Vaynerchuk, he is not shy about having ghostwriters on all of his books. Russell Brunson is known in the .dot com secrets and expert secrets. He had ghostwriters for for uh, for his books as well. That's well known. But these are these are business people rather than, yeah, let's say self styled artists.
0: This is my. So point. I think
1: that aspect of it. I don't ghostwrite for artists, music or, or or literary. I tend to ghostwrite for people who own a business and they understand how a book can lower customer acquisition cost mm-hmm. and shorten the sales cycle. And they say, oh, that's a huge investment in the long-term life of the business. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And so they think of it as the same way as a business expense like like So, uh, to,
0: so to, to be clear on something, so when you say that 90% of books are ghostwritten, I mean, because you're, you're, you included fiction in that. That's including yeah. fiction. Because yeah. I think that's the part that people. I think that's the part that would blow people's minds. And I think if you said ninety percent of nonfiction books or business books are ghost written, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been surprised, right? Yeah. Um, but if it's like actual fiction books, because that's where the actual artistry and creativity is supposed to is supposed to really come into it. So if it's like, well, a not a novel is being ghost I'm just like, there's no. I don't consider that like I can't consider that person an, an author. Then if they did, if they didn't write it, I'm just like, well, it's not it's not yours. Like I give the credit to the ghostwriter at that point. I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's the ghostwriter's creativity and you know making those words flow and making all that magic that comes when you read the book. Um, you know, it's interesting. This sort of leads into another idea, which is similar to how I feel about um, the whole artificial intelligence thing, right? Yeah. Um, where it's like, okay, if I just Get Chat GPT to write my book, <laughs> then I am I an author? Like, did I write a book? I mean, at that point, I mean any if any anyone can, if you get some super advanced AI where you just feed it a couple bit, b- bits and then you know everyone's now a quote unquote author, because anyone can feed this thing some scripts and then it writes a whole book. But I would say I would make the argument that, like, no, you're not an author if you're if you're not again, you're not writing the book, whether it's another individual or it's uh, some advanced computer program, you're literally not writing it. So mm-hmm. you can call I'm like, Look, call yourself something else. Yes. But you're not a writer because you're not writing. I don't know that. I don't think I'm being precious either. Like, I don't think I'm being precious. I just think I'm like, as a creative, like, this is you're not doing what you're, you know, I don't know, you're like, you're not doing the thing. If you're if you say you're a surgeon and you don't do surgery, like you're not, you're not, you're not a surgeon. You could be a director. Maybe you sit in a chair in an operating room and the actual surgeons do the cutting and the stitching and whatever. And you direct and you're part of the process. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you're a surgical director or something, surgical yeah. entrepreneur. Um, but if you don't know how to actually like use those tools and make those incisions and do the stuff, I'd be like, well, you're not a, you know, you're not a
1: surgeon. Yeah, I think this might be a good example of, of a, a Scott Adams reframe of two movies on one screen. You know, so, okay. so so a, an, an artist and creative can look at ghostwriting and have the perspective that you do. And an entrepreneur or a founder or a CEO could look at ghostwriting and have the perspective of many of my clients. Like, well, it's a, it's a business expense. I hire a speechwriter already for my speeches. I, hire I think that's a, lame a, too. A social media that's marketer. Right. for, for Someone who does content.
0: speeches. I also think that's whack.
1: Yes. So it's like, well, uh, different perspectives. But I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier about, about the Thank fiction. You. That does shock most people. There is a, a semi-controversy swirling around, I believe her name is Millie Bobby Brown, the young actress who is in Stranger Things. She recently had a debut novel that it was revealed she had a ghostwriter for. And the reception has been mixed, to, to put mm-hmm. it lightly. On the one hand, hey, it's my story, it's my ideas. And I believe she said to herself, I couldn't have done it out with, I couldn't have done it without my writing partner. <laughs> Something along those lines. Whereas the other half of the fan base is shocked and appalled at this turn of events. Versus people who who know how the game is played. Oh, well, yeah. Of course you had a ghostwriter, you're yeah. a public figure. And so there's that there's that presumption that they had a uh, had a, a ghostwriter.
0: Yeah. Again, I think it's a matter of honesty. I think, look, if you've got a ghostwriter, be transparent about it. Yeah. Right. Cause, it, cause again, if you don't, c- I'll tell you why I think that annoys people, because yeah. if you're not transparent about it and it turns out that you do, but if, if you, if I sell something as in, Hey, I, me, Zuby, I wrote, I created this thing. Yeah. Right. And I sell it that way. And that's how I promote it. That's how I talk about it. That's everything. Um, And then it turns out, oh no, there was someone else who actually created it on my behalf, and I didn't reveal that to people, and I pretended that that didn't happen, then I'm being, it's dishonesty, right? It it is dishonesty on my part. And I would understand why people would get mad um, because they're like, hey, like, that's not honest. That's not authentic. You're supposed to be this honest, authentic person, and you didn't do that. Whereas if I'm like, hey, I'm writing a new book, I'm working with this scribe, ghostwriter, writing partner, coach, whatever it is, maybe even give them a little credit on the book. Cool. I can have my name in big writing, and then I can have with so-and-so. Um, and then no one can be like, oh, he used a ghost. It's like, yeah, they're like, everyone knows like they're they're right there. So I think with this Millie Bobby Brown situation or similar ones, I think that's the way people feel like they're deceived. Cause they're like, oh, okay, like this person wrote the book and that's their expectation. And then if they turns out, oh they didn't actually do it. It's like, you know, if you've got um this happens in hip hop all the time. Yeah. Um in rap rap is different from most genres because it's very much expected that the rapper writes all their own lyrics. So in hip hop, if you have a ghostwriter and it comes out that you do, like someone like uh P Diddy, everyone knows that he ghostwrites. He he he's even mentioned it, you know, don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks, right? Like yeah. That's so so no one's going to be like, "Oh, Diddy has a ghostwriter like, you know, this is controversial whatever." if like a jay-z or a lil wayne or a j cole or a kendrick lamar or a tupac if one of these artists was like oh there was actually someone in the background writing people would be like so people would be so upset right that would be like game over that would be like oh my gosh like they'd be they'd be crushed um and the artists themselves would be crushed because it's like that's not hip- it's all about the authenticity like all those words coming out your mouth those are supposed to be your words so Maybe, maybe with me coming from like a from from the hip hop world, like I have a certain sort of perspective about it. And I know even in music, it's in other genres, it's a bit different. But again, in those genres, in country, in pop, in rock, you know, they've got the writers. The writers' names are are there, right? Yes, um, you know, you op- people don't have CDs so much these days. But you look in the credits, you look in the song credits, album credits. It's got the names of the writers, right? Everyone is credited. So no one is going to be like, oh, that person didn't write that song. It's like, yeah, cool. Like you've got all the names of the people there. But I think if they're not there, then you're now creating some type of deception. So maybe that's where, that's the point I'm kind of generally trying to make.
1: Yeah, I can agree that opacity versus authenticity. If you're going to be all one or all the other, then the consumer needs to be aware of all the details. Otherwise there's that situation of them feeling cheated. And what else are you deceiving us about? And that's why the, so many public figures keep a lid on the name of their speech writer, the name of their ghostwriter, or that it even had one at all. And they're terrified of it getting out uh, because that's not all that they've been opaque about. That's not all they've been inauthentic about. And so they're, Reputation doesn't reflect the reality and it's very precious to them. And so they're concerned that if it's known that they did not write every single word of their book, what else did they not do that they claimed to have done? Mm -hmm. And so it's lies compounded upon lies. And like I said, these types of people make terrible clients. (laughs) <laughs> as a ghostwriter, as a speechwriter, as a social media marketer. And of course, they, they, use, they don't write their own emails. They have copywriters for that. Yeah. They don't write their own speeches. Uh, they, th- there's a lot inside of the business that they don't do because they're the, they're the owner. They're the, yes. they're the chief executive. And it just so happens that their personal brand has the vast majority of the value. That's why someone's buying the book. That's mm-hmm. why someone's tuning in to hear a speech. That's why someone's clicking. is because mm-hmm. of their name. And they do not want to share the glory. And because that's their personality type, they tend to have big egos and they tend Mm -hmm. to know how things should be. And the only reason you bring in a ghostwriter, in my opinion, is because you don't know the best way to structure your, your book or refine the ideas and whatnot. And so the people who have it all figured out, not just with ghostwriting, tend to make terrible clients all around versus the people who are happy to mention who their marketing agency is, or who edits their videos, or make a referral to their ghostwriter. So I, I have clients going back ten years who refer me to their friends. Hey, your book is great. Yeah, that's, thanks. I, I use Joshua Lysack. Oh, okay, cool. And then they, you know, I, then they show up, or they'll introduce me. Hey, here's my ghostwriter, Joshua. If you have the introduction. Um, and in their case, they're, I think almost all of them are business people. They're business. They're business owners. They're entrepreneurs. They're founders. Mm-hmm. They're executives. And so they're accustomed to sharing the glory, let's say, and those people tend to make great clients. It's the secrecy first who tend to have it all figured out. And they tend to be afraid and say, well, I can't say it that way because then people will think this. And they're just constantly looking over their shoulder. And those kinds of people don't make good clients.
0: It sounds exhausting, man, honestly. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, it's interesting throughout this conversation i've been like man i i knew i was authentic but i'm more authentic than i than i even realized like i actually wrote my books like i actually write, <laughs> i actually write all my songs i write all well, i don't even write my speeches because I freestyle um but yeah it's interesting how pervasive how pervasive all of these ways of doing things are um yeah i don't know it's a it's it's an interesting it's a very interesting conversation i didn't know we were going to uh Dwell so much like just on the ghostwriting aspect but i've been I, i've never had a conversation with a ghostwriter before so sure. it's kind of interesting to get to understand the inner workings um we're gonna need to wrap up fairly soon but i did have a question i was wondering how how many books a, a year do you typically do
1: the average has been between six and nine for a while now there was one year where i did i think either 13 or 14 that no that was exhausting do talk about exhausting that was exhausting I've pulled back a little bit since then, and I've been focusing more on my own stuff because that's what else clients need from me. So I'm not just the ghostwriter. Oftentimes, I get pulled into conversations with their marketing team, and I'm a bit of a ghost strategist, a a ghost marketer, uh, and, and so on. And so what works to sell a book works really well to sell courses, masterclasses, coaching, consulting, other professional services. And because I've spent so many books on so many topics and in industries, I know the right way to to word certain things or to introduce ideas, new beliefs to markets that other businesses want to be in. And so I'm consulted as sort of a ghost persuader. Now, hey, Joshua, we need your feedback on this marketing campaign, or we, we, we want to put together this value ladder, or hey, we're having trouble closing sales calls. What do you know about reaching this, this audience in this market? And so I have courses and services that are beyond the book, but are, are based on success on the book, because it's rather hard to sell books. It's much easier to sell courses, information products, I found. We could get into the psychology of why that is. And there's a bit of a publishing paradox here. I'm going to talk about more in the future. Whereas if you release a course, you're going to make more money from a book in the short term. But personal brands who have a book at the beginning of their information product ecosystem tend to sell more of everything else over time because the entry level is so quality, so cheap relative to a $500 course. And it's a tangible physical product, whereas a digital course or a download PDF doesn't have that same sort of presence that a physical book that you hold in your hand and wow, this is good. And you see the author's words as communicated by the ghost writer (laughs) or as channeled by their literary medium might be another way of putting it. I hear that man, Joshua, where
0: can people find and follow you online?
1: Um, My best shenanigans are on the app. I like to call Twitter X because it's funnier than just calling it X or Cat the app formerly known as Twitter. Oh, okay. I was like, what does that stand for? Yes. uh, At at Joshua Lesick, I have about 300 trainings on different topics on my my YouTube channel, but my, my favorite and best stuff is part of the Best Way Persuasion newsletter where I send a new case study every single month to business owners, entrepreneurs, and marketers for what's working for my author clients, my entrepreneur clients right now, for advanced business persuasion, and I tease it as these are ungoogleable and unChatGPTable strategies and tactics that are working for persuading the masses.
0: Awesome, Joshua! Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a really interesting conversation, and uh, definitely look forward to speaking again in the future.
1: Sure thing, Zuby. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame.